Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If, like me, your feed is 50% cat videos and 50% attention-seeking homosexuals, then I'm sure you would have noticed this week that all the gays have been turning themselves into caricatures. Gays from across the world have been paying some robot to make them look like they've had an altercation with a Dungeons and Dragons cult whose special power is Microsoft Paint. But who am I to judge? You're not harming anyone by lining the pockets of a multi-million pound Silicon Valley tech company with your hard-earned cash and data, or by creating disassociative fantasy selfies that make you look younger, slimmer and hyper-masculine. Are you doing yourself any damage? It's just some harmless fun, right? After the tone, Welcome back to the podcast where you, the listener, are very much steering the ship. Your voice notes are fed through the after the tone machine. They shimmy past our Tim and Maya. Producer Deb throws them at me, Scotty. And what you're about to hear is my immediate response, having heard them for the first time. This week, down the pub, the cruelty of doctors, Christmas dread, a cat taking a shit. Honestly, how is this a job? And (laughs) it isn't, that's why. (laughs) And a resurrected hamster. Oh, God. Remember, you can join in. That number is coming up a bit later, along with some very exciting news about our first ever ATT Live. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Stay tuned for that, please. But first, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who shared with us their Spotify wrapped. It was so good to see ATT on so many of the top five podcasts of the year thing. And like, we really appreciate the support. So please do keep them coming. Anyway, I survived my little sojourn to Kavidia. Honestly, I tell you what, you lot were so kind in the DMs. Thank you so much for reaching out, making sure I got everything. Listen, there is not much to report because all I did for a week was just sort of sit still and watch my favourite game show, Richard Osman's House of Games, should you ask. I tell you, I sat there and I watched six seasons of the thing. Back to back. Oh my god! Get me in a pub quiz now. Oh, I'm I'm the person to have on your team. I tell you what. If my ambition in life is anything, it's to become vaguely famous enough to be invited on that program. I would happily sell one of the cats for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<coughs> oh my god, there's the COVID cough. That's I'll tell you what, that's the only thing I've got left lingering. But you know, I was very lucky. So touch wood, touch wood. What's that? Deb Deb's just whispering something in my ear. Deb just said she preferred me last week with the gruffly sexy low voice that I had with the COVID. But listen, you fucking pervy cow. I'm not doing this fucking podcast for you to get your dirty dirty. Listen, you keep your hands on the fucking table where I can see them. Stop interfering with yourself. You filthy cow. Hey, hello everybody. Scotty, Tim, Maya, Cat. Oops, forgotten. Uh, Debbie, yeah. It's not Colin. Calling from Glasgow. In response to all this bird chat. Yeah, kind of hate birds. I don't hate them, I hate them, but I'm a bit scared. Don't want them near me. In part because Glasgow has terrifying looking seagulls. Like that Stephen King adaptation, it. Yeah, that scary freaking clown has nothing on the seagulls of Glasgow. They're awful. I kind of got reminded of when my dad resuscitated a hamster. Yeah, long story short, they weren't the most hardy of animals. Um, I think they're meant to be like desert rats of some sort. And um, so, yeah, living in a cold, wet, stony house and in um, <laughs> cold, wet, stony Glasgow, they they didn't last too long. But at some point, my dad found the hamster of the day all kind of cold and stiff, called the vet and found that it was possibly hibernating. So he <clears throat> stood to keep it warm, so he put it basically in his armpit and sat next to our fire. And yeah, after an hour or so, their little hamster, who was probably just called Hammy, yeah, it came back to life. And I don't think, on reflection, I've ever, like, respected my dad more. Because <laughs> he saved the life of a, a hamster. Cheerio for now. Bye. <laughs> Colin, not Colin, from Glasgow. It's lovely to have you back. Now, I would like to... but I don't want to kick off fucking more bird chat, but I agree. I think seagulls are devil spawn, aren't they? They're just evil. They just know. They know that you don't like them. And particularly, they will swoon and swoop in on you just for a chip. I mean, I've done worse things, to be fair, so maybe I can relate. I don't understand the link that you've made here between bird chat and hamsters. But I'm willing to go with it if it means we divert the conversation because we're six episodes in and I've had it up to fucking here talking about those fucking winged dinosaurs. Now, <laughs> I'd just like to put a little warning out there that if your hamster does die or if you think, oh, no, I heard it on a podcast and might actually be hibernating, don't fucking put a hamster underneath your fucking armpit. If, if there is one thing that people should take from this podcast is that anything that you fucking hear on it, don't fucking do in life because these people are clearly not right in the head, okay? So, see this as a way not to live your life. If if, if this podcast had a slap line, it was don't fucking do anything that these fucking weirdos tell you what to do, etc. Okay? Colin, it's lovely to have you, but I tell you what, I I, I don't think I'm going to be going out there buying a hamster, A, one, 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 first, you know what I mean. Two, I don't think we should be encouraging people to put it under their armpits, okay? I mean, I know we've got some very modern ways of deodorising nowadays. I know we're all worried about if we put a bit of thing under our arm, we'll get the tick cancer and all that. I know it's a very real thing. Aluminium in the deodorants. 
But hamsters, I mean, come on. Hi, Scotty and all of the After the Tone folks. Long time listener, first time messenger, messenger, messenger. I don't know. First of all, I listen to After the Tone every night before I go to sleep. I find it very soothing. I just want to say that it doesn't make me fall asleep because you're all boring. I just take a lot of comfort in lots of lovely stories and voices and messages. So thank you for all that. I think the reason why I felt compelled to message today is it's coming up to the C word, the 25th, and it's just a really shit time of year for a lot of people. And from a personal experience, it's loaded with grief and loss and bad memories and stuff. So I always dread this time of year and I probably know I'm not the only one. So just wanted to kind of reach out and say to people that yeah, if it's a tricky time of year for you in terms of like you might be feeling pressure to spend loads of money or to spend it with people who aren't really kind to you or you could be spending it alone and that's okay. Oh, hi, friend. I don't think you left your name, bless you. LTLFTM, long-time listener, first-time messenger. I enjoyed that. It was quite vintage. <laughs> a messenger. Just sent a, a wee messenger. Now, um, listening to us before bed, oh, I wouldn't advise that either because, I don't know, I think this is quite hyperactive, particularly me. I mean, I talk very fast, but, you know, whatever floats your boat, I'd prefer to listen to something a bit more relaxing and a little less... A little less bird murdery, I think, would be what I would choose before bedtime. Now, you're right. That Christmas malarkey is coming up. And long-term listeners of the podcast will know that I haven't done it in, like, seven years. Um, so when my granddad died, I just decided, oh, well, fuck this. I can't be bothered. Because Christmas, for me, was so tied up with my excitement about like trying to impress my granddad because he didn't have anything growing up so me and my mum would do everything we wrap up every little thing and he'd count every present you know what I mean and so there was lots of joy in providing that for him and I remember that from being a youngster and now it's quite interesting because I'm going away with my mum and my dad and my family <laughs> I always say my mum but when I say my mum I mean like everybody it's just my mum's a matriarch do you know what I mean um so we're going away to a little cottage in Wales and I spoke to my mum last night and she was like well I need to order the meat <laughs> apparently that's a thing um so I was like oh, okay and she was like you know aren't we having a proper traditional Christmas and I was like well we've decided not to do Christmas like there's no presents there's no nothing you know so I don't know why we would have turkey I don't know what the need to have turkey on a day where we're not doing Christmas is and you could just see she's like oh oh okay but I think it does take that it is such a dominant cultural thing and something that I always like to remind people is like I'm a recovering Catholic I am no longer a Christian I don't believe in the Christian faith and so why would I want to like celebrate the birth of some abstract concept that I don't believe in you know, and you know, if you have faith and you are Christian and you are celebrating Christmas, that isn't me saying, oh my God, aren't you weird? It's just me being like, this is what I've decided. And so following that logic of like leaving the church, I'm not sure why I'm like, well, I'm going to leave the church, but I'm just going to keep this major part of that story within my life. So I think recontextualizing mm, that was a 12 letter word. Hang on, hang on. One, two, three. 
I was about 15, letter word, actually. Well done for me. I get 10 points. Recontextualising uh, Christmas in that way and that period of time, I think I just really enjoy it. I, I do really enjoy just sitting on my ass and watching people panic. <laughs> That's so sadist of me. But watching other people go about it and panic gives me a lot of joy because I'm like, I'm so divorced from this process. So I'd encourage other people to do the same. And particularly when there's such pressure on people and families and humans to like provide these presents and to go above and beyond, you know, and to create this awe and wonder for people. I'm like, get to fuck. People are like walking around their fucking house wearing duvets because they can't fucking turn the heating on. What do you think? I'm going to go buy you a fucking Apple Watch. Get to fuck. Anyway, lovely to have you in the room and I hope you come again. Hello, Scotty and everyone down at the pub. Um, It was lovely to be back last week, but you went on to the accent thing and it was really a little bit it was strange hearing my own voice back and for the first time in a long time I just went you sound so common and that cockney common thing there I'm attempting now possibly to talking a lot more of a slower and pronunciated and see that happens when I'm concentrating on my voice I think I'm trying to do both. So the authenticity of your accent. I thought I sound so thick and common. And isn't that terrible after all that time is that sort of your perception, how you are perceived. Because I've actually had people, again, I'm sure you're putting it on. And then I go, I'll put them what on? I I can tell people have just thought you can't be that cockney. And um, there's a lot of it around because we have this laugh around here with some of the boys who I've known for fucking years and all right, man. Hey, your mum. They're all like crippled with Cockney and it's, it's you know I mean? I can just about decipher them sometimes. It, it, it's a trophy element, isn't it? About being able to communicate across different fields because I know I can understand someone from the street very well and then I stop and have to pronunciate other times to people's faces where I know that they can't understand me. And it's always a frustrating thing where people say pardon sometimes, especially when you're trying to run across something serious you want to say or to communicate. And then at the end, you played your little kittens. Now, you know what I mean? Once it starts, you didn't stop. You are going to become that animal kitten mum, aren't you? We had menagerie of animals in the house all all times. And it's and it obviously just triggers me to the storyline of... My brothers in the building site they were working on, someone threw a bag of kittens, like just born kittens, over the side of the building site and they went to investigate and took my brother brought the cat home. I remember coming home from school and then there was the little tiniest little thing you could ever seen in the life and it was in one of those large matchboxes, you know, like remember like the big the big old kitchen light in matchboxes. And because of that little noise, we ended up calling it squeak because it just squeaked all the time. And... Oh, bless the carers back. Lovely to have you back, babe. Now, listen, I hate to break it to you, but you are common. <laughs> 
I always feel I need to tell people that. Like, particularly when I have these chats with other, like, working class common babes, I always, you know, when we have this conversation, because it's quite a well-trodden conversation that common people will have between each other, is our relationship with our accent and our perceived intelligence or the way that people start to behave or emulate our accent or take the piss out of it. And something that I always like to root people in is, like, we are common and there is nothing wrong with being common. And I think it's really important to have that on the table at the get-go. Um, something which I noticed this weekend, because my brother came up, was all of a sudden I was like, I know where the fuck are you? <laughs> you know? And b- because, like, like, your home accent really starts to come as a default because you're talking with family. Do you know what I mean? There is another thing here as well, Kara, because we've had such uh, extensive conversations with you over a long period of time, and we know mum is Scottish, that you also, when you speak to your mum, you talk more in a, like, a Scottish parlance or you have a, like a Scottish accent which I spoke about a few weeks ago about my mum having like dual accents depending on who she's talking to you know talking Irish to my grandparents or whatever and there's there's something about us I guess feeling a bit lost within what our home accent is because I guess like the English right who just always sound you know like uh, like the English working class I guess always just sound like a version of this and so I guess they never feel like they're emulating or trying to talk in a different way. Um, But for those of us with diasporic identities, um, the accent and the syntax is, is changing a lot. I also think middle class and upper class people don't ever have to like engage with this because we are taught as common people that when you are like doing something proper or like you're going for a job interview or you're talking to another middle class person that we have to soften the way that we talk change the way that we talk and change our vernacular as well and so I think that can leave us feeling very lost within who we are and how we are. Particularly I know from my friends who are like council queens who went to university who were like, yeah, like university did something to the way that I talk or like I, I felt. And of course, there are like much bigger ramifications uh, than what I'm discussing about now about your cultural identity and and then where you sit with your family and how your family perceive you through, you know, being so-called cultured or, you know, benefiting from a so-called middle class culture. Of course, but I, I'm just really zooming in on the accents here that I think you can feel lost Someone said to me, actually, about this podcast, they were like, oh, I love the way that you fleet from posh to common. And, you know, like, you use that to comic effect. And I was like, do I? <laughs> you get absolutely lost in it. I was like, really? Do I? Like, I'm really aware that my accent fluctuates. But it's not like I'm like, I know I'll be posh, you know, unless I'm, like, taking the piss out of the posh people. <laughs> Anyway, this I find this conversation very compelling. Bless you with the little cat's little squeak. Oh, God. I mean, these two that I've got. I mean, I'm so obsessed. Every time I walk into one of those, what they call discount shops or what I call palaces, I go in and I'm like, well, I've got to buy something for the cats. I mean, they are fucking spoiled rotten, the pair of them. No wonder why they're fucking shitting all up the gaff. Hiya, Scotty. It's Holly calling from Montreal. I know I just left a message a couple days ago, but I guess I'm needy like that today. I just had the worst doctor's appointment I've had in a long time. I went concerned about, you know, some possibly hormonal issues that might affect my weight. And I got told that my weight itself was the issue. And after repeatedly telling the nurse multiple times I didn't want my weight, 
having her ask me why and tell me, oh, it's not that bad, blah, blah, blah. Just continued conversations about my weight. I didn't want to blurt out like a fucking eating disorder. Um, sorry, I'm going to cry. Um. Okay, sorry. I, I wasn't ready to call in, but um, what happened was I, even though I told the nurse repeatedly I didn't want to know my weight, um, the doctor told me um, to explain why I should be concerned about my health. And I was like, bitch, I know I'm fucking here. And even though I know all the research on on fatness and health and all these things and how fatness isn't really a great indicator of health, um, I fucking research it. Um, I still, in the doctor's appointment, was a little fucking baby. And I I couldn't get my words out. And I just said, sure, fucking thanks. Anyway, so I had this horrible time. And I, um, I got out into the car. And I'm like, you know, I just have to feel better. So I turn on episode one of series one of after the tone on apple podcast and i just thought it was great how you responded or how you described the show in its early days with your iphone 5 and you said that um drunken high people called in and people gave you their poetry and i think it's great that five years later maybe six now people still call in with their poetry but nobody's drunk they're just telling you about dead birds Anyway, I would love to hear what the early versions of the show were actually like and if it's possible to find them, because obviously this is a comfort show for me. <laughs> oh, bless your Holly in Montreal, not in North Carolina. It is so lovely to have you as part of this journey. And particularly, yes, it has been going for a long time. We deleted that first season because nobody needed to revisit it. Also, because, like, time had moved on incredibly. Like, of course, time has moved on between season two and season nine, which we now find ourselves in. But that period of time was like two years. And because the first ever, ever season that I ever did of this in my little bedsit flat um, happened in like 2015 or something. Just the way that I think and felt about the world had changed, but there was no like um, explanation in the middle. So we decided to scrap that. And I, I think they've been scrapped to the animal of history and who knows on a podcast in the near future we might find some to dig out for you but listen first off in hand we encourage the needy I mean the sole reason for the podcast that's why I'm here every week what do you think I'm here for the fun of it no I'm very needy Holly now weight is always the issue for them and you know this and there is nothing I can tell you that will take away that soreness and that pain of that experience and just not feeling seen and heard in a system that often feels like it is against us and not willing to listen to us and hear us and particularly in the UK there is no fucking time for them to hear us or listen to us as well which becomes even more of a difficult system to navigate. I think when I was younger, I would have sat here and I would have said to you, hell for every size, fat activism, yeah, fuck them, yes, you read them the right. And you know what? I wish I could tell you it worked. I wish I could tell you that was energy well spent and that would be a place of which you could find comfort. But the older that I get, the longer that I live and the more that I navigate around these systems, the more that I realise... 
this is bigger than that one interaction with that person. This is about systemic change. And that's going to take a lot of fucking work. And so all I can ask is when people are navigating these systems that they try to hold their boundaries as best as they can. And a failure of those people, those individuals that you're interacting with to listen and hold your boundaries is not fucking on you. But it really does hurt. You know, it does. They they, they see a number and they're unwilling to acknowledge the history um, and what it means and how you feel about it and how you might be triggered by hearing certain information. And yeah, it's tricky. It's difficult. And I wish I, I knew some answers. And I wonder if maybe we could put this to the room. Maybe people in the room have haven't got fatigued as I have with these systems of trying to navigate them. And so I wonder if there are people who are like, well, Holly, I want to tell you this because you know what to do. If you're listening to this and you want to offer some ways of navigating these systems that have worked for you, then you've got to pick up the blower. And that feels like an excellent moment to take a breather, but stay with us because coming up, there's someone slandering my mum. I might have to get her on the phone. Sisterly love and the cat is taking a shit. And it says here in the notes, I know you're all excited about that one. Fuck off, Debbie. Now, listen, some very exciting news. Drum roll, please. The first ever ATT Live goes on sale this Friday. Yes, that's right. The 9th of December. So perhaps by the time you're listening to this, it's already on sale and you can get your hands on a ticket or two. And we're doing it in Manchester in Englandshire as part of a great festival in the city. And we'd love you to come and hang out with us. So all eyes on our socials, please, at After the Tone P-O-D for all of the info. If you are nearby, we would love to have you in the room. Honestly, it would be a pleasure to see your faces. And I I can tell you all of the ATT team will be in the room and you'll be able to meet Debbie for the first time and realise what the fucking shit I have to put up with on a weekly basis. She is actually real. Who knew? This week over on Patreon, I'm nattering with FTC Rosie, who's telling me about an assessment for eating disorders. So a little trigger warning on that one over on the Patreon, please. Remember, without your support, we can't keep the gaff open. So patreon.com forward slash after the tone for as little as £2 a month. You really will be helping keep the show on the road. And finally, if you want to join in on the chat, respond to something you've heard or you have a shit Christmas story for our shit Christmas special that's coming up in a few weeks with an amazing special guest that number to voice note via the WhatsApp is 0788 Hello, it's Gemma Scotty has asked or a message from me and Rosie, who has been on it before, and she's my sister. Say hi, Rosie. Hi, Han. We're um, talking about buying tickets to Download Festival for next year, because I'm not a Grebo, but Rosie is, and I really fancy it for next year. <laughs> really fancy trying it. I'm... She'll fit right in. Yeah, I'm a bit of a chav, and my sister's a Grebo, so, like... We have a lot of similarities and there's lots of things we have in common and there's lots of things that are very different and that is, that's a really good segue, that's what it's called, the segue (laughs) into sisterhood chat. I think when you've got a sister, do you not think it's like a personality trait, Rosie? Yeah. Because I do. The minute you meet someone else that's got a sister you want to talk to them about what it's like having a sister. Especially if they're close. Yeah, Yeah, and you know 
a best friends is different. <clears throat> we do say that a lot, but I think it's a really lazy way of describing what it's like having a sister because you're born into it, so you have no choice. But you don't have to be close. There's a lot of people that have sisters yeah. that aren't close. Yeah. But for me, sisterhood is like you're never lonely. It gives you like a sense of like confidence when it comes to socialising because for me, where mum always used to say you don't need friends because you've got a sister, so friends are a bonus, that when it came to meeting friends, it was like... There's no pressure. There's no pressure and I don't really care because I've got a sister who loves everything about me, so it's fine. Rosie's cringing. She doesn't want to do it. No, I'm not. I'm just like... It's really hard to explain because your yeah, mum always brought us up saying you don't need a best friend, you've got a sister. Gemma literally taught me everything I know. Like I used to spend every waking minute with her. When she moved out to go to university, like I had a full-on breakdown. <laughs> oh, my God, and you were caught smoking weed in the woods. I, no, I like went down a path and I smoked the reefer. And <laughs> my mum found out she went nuts, but I, I couldn't cope with the fact that Gemma had left me because she's my best friend and... I've moved to Hartford because we've both been through a fucking shit time together as a family and we just crave being together and the familiarity of being together. Like I feel like I'm at home when I'm with her and that's what sisterhood is, is just feeling like you're home. Oh. It's just beyond this world, especially when you've been through traumatic shit together. Having a sister is like having a life partner and you are closer to your sister than you are to the person you even marry because they you've been quite late, you yeah. come yeah and you've been in my life since i was 3 and you've never known your life without me so having a sister can be as deep as being married that's my i'm married to my sister <laughs> i've gone now she's crying <laughs> Okay, we love you so much, Scotty. We love you. Love you. Bye, babe. Oh, lovely Gemma and Rosie there. And thank you so much for responding to our request to have freeway chats. We wanted to open up the room a little bit because usually it's a chat between me and one other person on the end of the line. Love that. It's always gorgeous, particularly when you're in a car or you're having a bath or this, that or the other. But just to add another little voice in and to kind of make this a three-way conversation, we just wanted to see like what that would do. And I tell you what, how lovely and sweet it was to observe this conversation and to hear this relationship that is obviously so powerful, um, that the sistership between them both. And yes, what d- doesn't break you makes you, right? You know, and obviously there's been some life learning between you both that has brought you together. It got me thinking about my mum and her sister, who were all throughout my childhood very, very close. And because I think there's something about when you look like each other as well. Um, but there's something about being the older sibling here, which me and my mum are the eldest, that you 
feel like you have a responsibility to your siblings. So I feel that with my brother Daniel. I have a, a real sense of I want him to succeed. And that's not, you know, I don't want him to be rich and I don't want him, I don't need him to like own things and to be exuberant um, in a capitalist sense. But I want him to feel fulfilled with life. I want him to feel happy. I want him to have meaningful relationships in his life. And there's parts of me which feels responsible for those as an older sibling. And I wonder if other older siblings have that. I wonder if, Gemma, you feel that as well, this sense of, like, care. It's something probably a bit carnal about it, something a bit um, animalistic about, you know, when the the new one comes into the litter and wanting to make sure that they're looked after. Because it can't just be all of the work of the parents. I think my parents have always said, you know, they've always wanted me and my brother to have a really close, open relationship. And, you know, me and him indoors have taken my brother away and travelled and he was up this weekend and we can just be in each other's company. And I think there is something here which is different to friendship that I really agree with what you're saying. I probably disagree with what your mum says about being a best friend because as much as I love my brother, he's not a best friend in that way. He's he's beyond a best friend. He's someone that I cherish and care about and could talk to anything about. But it's not a friendship. A sort of friendship feels like it sort of demotes it. So I do understand what you're saying here, Gemma, about they can be more intimate than marriages because they know you, they've observed you for a really long time. And because the age difference between me and Daniel was like 12 years, particularly our relationship dynamic can be that uh, he looks up to me. And the older that he gets, the more that that sort of, um, his reliance on me to be the adult is far less, you know. He he is an adult now, unfortunately, but as in my mum's eyes, will always be the child and that's why he doesn't know how to use a fucking washing machine. Thank you very much, Sarah. That's a shout out to my mum there. If there are other people who would like to call up and have a conversation with their pal, their partner, their friend, who want us to listen to a conversation about their relationship and about their dynamic, we would love to have you. So remember, pick up the blower. Gemma and Rosie, thank you so much. There is something in this that I want to take further about the grief of separation, about what that meant when one of you had to go off and do a life thing or etc. So I'd, I'd really love to see if there's any responses to that as well and this idea of siblingness if anybody wants to call up and talk about that because I know I'm very lucky that I really get along with my brother but I know in some families that that isn't always the case it's time for your favorite of mine it's time for the DM DM slide I broke a porcelain ornament when I was about eight. It was these tiny clogs a friend had bought back from a holiday as a souvenir for my sister. I was horrified when they broke, but found some super glue and carefully glued them back together and stayed stumm. A few days later, my sister discovered the broken clogs and the hunt for the culprit was on. Funny thing was, I was off the hook because when examining them, she decided I wouldn't be smart enough to think about gluing the clogs back together to this day she still doesn't know and i haven't told her (laughs) our dms are open for those things that you're not quite ready to put your voice to even after all these years at after the tone pod and don't worry no names will be mentioned are you scotty babs are you tim cat meyer and the lovely producer deb Now, I've got a question for you, Scotty. Have you ever used the expression, go knock her up? Because I was sitting with these two middle class kids, and as soon as I said it, they went, you're not going to get anybody pregnant. And I went, no, you know, when your mum would go knock somebody up, which means 
you in your infancy have had a bit of a tiff with someone and she's taken umbrage and she's gone round to their house and she's rapped on the front door and she's about to have a, a few short, tense words with them, basically. So, uh, knock them up. Have you ever used it? Has your mom ever knocked anybody up? Oh, oh, I bet she has a vicious tongue. I suppose down south you might use the expression, um, have it at, have it at. I don't know why, but I envision your mother, like, uh, dressed like Pauline Quirk in Birds of a Feather, and just putting somebody in a headlock. <laughs> Pauline Quirk is such a good reference, I wish. No, my mum's far too, my mum's way more glamorous than Pauline Quirk. Pauline Quirk, if you're listening to this, I love your work. <laughs> Okay, love your work. But my mum, oh, my mum's always turned out very well. And you're right, my mum would never knock her up because down south, that does mean that you are going to get her pregnant. <laughs> Which so, so it felt like a strange message. But, you know, I mean, we've done weirder things on this podcast. So, yeah, my mum would have at. You'd, uh, you'd have at, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, my mum was never like that, actually. <laughs> Me and my mum have got both this, and, and this sort of links back to the carer. We've got these uh, delusions of grandeur, even if I say so myself, where <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to admit this. I think I've sort of admitted to this before. We're quite snobby, really. And I think actually all working class people are massive snobs because you're always looking at her next door being like, oh, look at her filthy nets. Do you know what I mean? You live in the same gaff. Do you know what I mean? Your nets probably look exactly the same. But you'd be like, oh, God, she's filthy. Oh, no, she's fat. Do you know what I mean? It's just idle gossip. But it's this one-upmanship, which, you know, we could go into the politics of, but, you know, I've got other things to do in my life, Pauline. So, no, she wouldn't knock her up. I mean, knock her up. Yeah, it's just basically you getting someone pregnant. You get them knocked up um, or she's knocked up. Yeah, that would be pregnancy. Uh, there's something there about like, because we used to play uh, Knock Down Ginger. So sometimes that'd be called knock up where you'd like ring on all the buzzers <laughs> of a council flat and then you'd like do a runner. I mean, it's less exciting. Those games are less exciting down south because, you know, we all live in council flats and like people just have their buzzers turned off. <laughs> So people would never come rushing to the door and chase you anyway. And if they did, they'd have a fucking pit bull. And so um, <laughs> it was, wasn't worth your time. Oh, the amount of dogs I've been attacked by. Hiya, Scotty, love. It's that JRF here. Hello, uh, Tim, Kat and Maya. And of course, the ever-wonderful producer, Deb. And yes, Scotty, you're as lovely and wonderful as Deb. And so is Tim and Kat and Maya. I don't want to favour anybody. All right. Any road, how are you? How are you doing? Do you know what? It was the 4th of September since I last left you a message. Shocking. But, you know, I'm a busy mum of two these days. I've got this Tammy Faye Barker biscuits keeping me going. And I don't know if you can hear in the background, that's the cat taking a shit. That's lovely, isn't it? I'm going to hark back to when you mentioned that you're going to do Christmas this year. And that made me very happy. Not that, you know, not doing Christmas shouldn't make me happy for you but you know what i mean but any road this year i went full throttle into halloween and i started painting halloween things and hanging them up and strung up some pumpkin lights and all that jazz because as a kid growing up i used to go to these things called light parties and you used to go and stay overnight in a church and pray for people who were celebrating halloween I know, right? And you all had to wear white and we had to like watch this awful kind of like time life movie about Jesus being wonderful. Yawn. 
so anyway i always wanted to do halloween shit but i wasn't even allowed to go down the um halloween aisle in the supermarkets coming back because i'm rambling hello adhd hello autism because of my crap childhood and my family's weird horribleness around christmas christmas was always crap always crap i don't actually feel like i had my first proper lovely christmas until i was with my then partner my girlfriend i've never had my own christmas tree as an adult ever I've had like little tiny ones, but I've not had like ones that you hang decorations up and put tree and all that kind of gubbins. So that JRF, I went a little bit crazy, right? There's a Guinness World Record holder for the most baubles. She's got 1,700 baubles. She's called Nana Baubles. She lives in Wales. Hello, if you're listening. Let me just say, Nana Baubles may have a rival because I've gone a little bit crazy with buying baubles. I've got Not one, but two Christmas trees. I've got a pink one and I've got a black one. So I'm going to have one that's like kitsch and like frothy and disgusting. And then I'm having my black one that's going to have all like my kind of like Krampus and me all the Halloween-y decorations on as well. But anyway, I'm just just saying I'm going against my programming. It's like even though the people that have punished me and oppressed me are long, long away... It's wonderful how trauma's like, oh, <laughs> you think you're something, but you're now, you piece of shite. You're not allowed to do that. Well, fuck you and fuck the horse you rode in on and lick my hole. I know the world is burning on its access, but you know what? Little JRF and big JRF want a fucking bastard Christmas tree. But anyway, lots of love to you, Scotty, and lots of love to Tim Kattenmeyer and lovely producer Deb and love, lots of love to the lovely listeners. All right, big love from that, Jareth. Bye! Oh, here she is. Oh, gorgeous to have her back in the room. As soon as I heard that voice, those dulcet tones, I thought, I know who that is. Listen, a lot of love for the producer Deb this week, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of love for the producer Deb. Just me sat here on my own. Yeah, cold in bedroom, no central heating on. I've got a cold cup of tea, but yeah, let's all focus on producer Debbie. Yeah, don't worry. Honestly, if there's no big hello, Scotty, how are you next week? Well, I tell you what, I'm I'm done. I'm done with the fucking lot of you. Now, what I found quite interesting about this was that in your church, they were quite frightened of the Halloweens because, get me if I'm wrong, isn't Halloween All, Sa- all Souls Day? Isn't it... <laughs> Well, I know it's rooted in the paganism, but when the Christians um, set up their cult, didn't they turn it into All Souls Day? Isn't it supposed to be a day, uh, the whole reason for it, well, not the whole reason of it, but, you know, it's like part of their caboodle. Maybe I got it wrong. Why would you be praying for people in white as well? My God, it looks like a Westlife music video. In a church, all dressed in white with some, like, candle lights. You just need four stools and to be able to stand up on the next octave. Now, listen, Christmas tree. I'm glad you brought it up. Very pertinent because the NHS one is determined. Absolutely determined. Even with the new cat children. That we're having a fucking fuck off new Christmas tree thing that will sit in the corner. That no doubt Yaki and Sashi will try and fucking climb all over. And so I said, why bother? Why bother? And he was like, well, because I want a Christmas tree. So I thought, fine, fair enough. Let's indulge you in this. And I said, well, why don't we get a cardboard one? I know I can be a bit avant-garde at times, but, you know, I am an artist. That is what my job on planet 
earth is here to do i'm here to enlighten you all in different ways that you can think conceptually about a christmas tree because technically it's just a triangle and i said you know then the cats can scratch at it etc etc no not fucking good enough for that one no wants to fucking kill an actual tree and then when i said well if you can kill a tree he was like well actually i think you'll find that a plastic one it takes like 15 years to regain that carbon and i thought you know what to be fucked with you i can't be bothered burn all the fucking trees in the fucking world if it's going to make you fucking happy and that's your lot you know the score it's now your time to join in that number to voice note is in the description box we've covered sibling dynamics painful christmases navigating health systems accents class as ever christmas decorations and more and also i'm really keen that we have some more conversations where you call up with your pal your partner your friend etc and share with us something together um surely something of that has got to make you want to bite back at after the tone pod on the socials for all the goss and the info about the ATT Live in Manchester in the new year. Really excited about that. Uh, we'll be back before you know it. But until then, particularly to you, our friends like lovely Holly, who find themselves in sore experiences, remember there's a bunch of people in the pub who've got your back. And in Pauline's words, as the ATT mum, I don't mind going round there and knocking them up. <laughs> Have a good one. After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.